Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Health with Christina Cole. When you realize that each and every lifestyle choice you make generally has a direct effect on your health, wouldn't you want to influence that outcome? On this program, you'll learn how to uncover the secrets that your body tells you and learn how even small lifestyle changes can mean big rewards with your health. And now, here's your host, Christina Cole. Hello, and welcome to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified health coach. And the purpose of the Hidden Secrets to Health is to really discuss some of the things that are not discussed in sort of the mainstream um, standard conventional medicine. And it really touches on a lot of different aspects in our lives. It is beyond the things that you would go to the doctor for. And um, that can range from your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, your biochemical health, um, your biomechanical health. Um, And today, we're going to talk about the importance of moving through grief in a healthy way. And we have our special guest, Michelle Mariscal, and she wrote the book, Growing Through Grief, The Alchemy of Healing from Loss. And I did read the book, and it is absolutely amazing. It's chocked full of really great information And it's tempered with both advice and um, sympathy, empathy of being able to feel how you're feeling in your own way. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So you have a really um, extensive background, really, in in shamanism and in um, your aerobics instructor. Is that right? Once upon a time. So you have... Yeah, 30 years of being an athlete um, to moving into more of the mental and emotional, spiritual health, really. Mm -hmm. So if you could give us just a little background on how you kind of move from one area to the other. Sure. Uh, and, And my own taking responsibility for my health started at a very physical level. And I found that uh, as I exercised and and did a lot better with my nutrition, that many aspects of my health began to change. And as I began to help others, um, as, as an aerobics instructor way back in the day, and then as a personal fitness trainer, I also became interested as I recognized what was changing for my clients on an emotional level, what was happening at some spiritual levels for them. And so I became very interested in understanding different modalities of healing uh, techniques, technologies, Mm -hmm. I would even call them in some ways, and just indigenous healing beliefs and perspectives. So I sought uh, higher learning um, into a bunch of um, different areas and then and practiced actively as a spiritual healer for 10 years. Um, and yeah, so uh, it continuously looking at how I was affecting my own health on all those levels, spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical, and recognizing the continuum that when you affect one, you af- the others are affected in some way. Yeah, um, I know in, in your book, you kind of talked about how in the beginning, you really handled a lot of your emotional stress through the ability to exercise. 
And I totally relate to that because that is sort of my way of handling it a lot of the time too. Um, it's like at, at my corporate job, I would tell them like, I need to go to this exercise class at my, on my lunch break. It's three days a week because that is keep, gives me sanity. And it really does. It's like, it just, you spend that hour and you're not really thinking about anything other than the fact that your calf hurts from those leg lifts <laughs> or whatever's happening, right? You're just completely focused on your body. But when you end up having an injury and that prevents you from having that outlet, then you have to sort of seek other methods, right? And that's um, kind of the beginning of your journey. Is that correct? Right. There were a lot of other losses that were happening at the same time that physical, the loss of physical ability to run, running was my sport. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So a lot of losses began to pile up and not having the ability to offload some of those uh, effects that were happening in my nervous system and hormonal system through exercise. I didn't realize how impactful that was. Yeah, um, I have a quote from your book because it really spoke to me because I feel like this, and I feel like this is going to speak to a lot of people. In my high achieving, logical minded way, I was just trying to push through it all. And and you kind of dive into this more in your book is, is that as a Western culture, we ignore loss and grief. We tell people, okay, you've had your week or your month or your whatever. It's time to get over it. You need to move on. And that's just not how grief works, right? So um, I'd really like to talk a little bit about how you had to pull yourself in and some of the different things that you did to allow yourself to feel this grief. Um, You kind of talked about some different modalities and how we expect there to be a logical method for grief and it just doesn't exist. Right. Right. And I, and I think that that's really what's at the heart of the matter. And I use that word heart purposefully because so often um, it, when I do grief recovery talks out in the community, we talk about what the myths are around grief that, <clears throat> that time heals all wounds. And That really is a myth because unless we're taking action to express those emotions Mm -hmm. around grief, what happens is they build and build and build and perhaps 20 years later, something triggers and all of that stored up loss starts getting expressed in oftentimes some very detrimental ways. Um, My way of acting was to just stay busy. I just kept going to school and more school and more school. (laughs) And it is is partly because as a society, we don't naturally recognize that that grief is that. It is a natural expression to be devastated, to feel like you can't upend yourself anymore um, because of these emotions. And so often we're not given the opportunity, mm-hmm. nor do we take the opportunity to express them. So part of what happened for me is because I was no longer able to physically run in the way and exercise as hard as I could 
I kind of took that um, in, I had to take it inward. I, right. I say that because that's how it felt. But I also can look at it from a, a bigger perspective that it was the opportunity to go inward and really learn how to um, express those emotions that had been unexpressed. Yeah. So for our listeners, um, you had a series of family losses that started um, in your early 30s and sort of happened over time, including, and, and one of the things that I think is important to say here is that we can have grief over a variety of different things, right? So grief is not always just the loss of a human. It is the loss of, of a variety of different things, right? So it's a loss of a friendship. It's a loss of a marriage. It's the loss of, um, a skill you don't, you just can't do anymore, which could be just the, the running, right? Like it's a, it's a loss because it's something that you're passionate about that you can't do anymore. So we can have grief over more than just um, the loss of a person, <clears throat> excuse me. But when it comes to going inward, let's talk about that a little bit. Mm, right. Um, so a lot of what I talked about in the book, there are a couple of different places in the book where I talk about our ability to choose. And that may, it, that may not sound logical that anyone feeling such deep, dark depression, deep, dark sadness would choose it. But what I want to, what I realized for myself is that there was something that changed when I just surrendered into it. When, and, and so that's what I'm talking about when I say there is always a choice. And if we're consistently fighting the fear of losing ourself. Um, most people that I work with say, if I actually go back and try to work that grief out, it's, I'm, I'm never going to stop crying. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not true. What, what is actually more true is if we keep moving ourselves into these emotions that are more inhibitory, like regret and guilt, mm -hmm. those will become chronic. If we, as I did, just surrendered into the process. Grief is what we call a core emotion mm -hmm. and it will move through us. It may move through in waves, but it's not a continuous chronic under the radar kind of um, expression if we're actually in it. Um, and so I just began to uh, journal. I started doing some what I call art. I'm not an artist mm -hmm. at all, but I realized it helped me to pick up colored pencils and just some days it was a black scribble on a piece of paper. And I was just finding these different ways of letting myself express it. Sometimes it was grabbing a pillow and screaming as loud as I could and losing my voice actually a couple times. But, but recognizing that, whoa, that was all in me. And yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to say like that force that needed to come out that when you bottle it up, it will come out in another way. And that's yeah. what ends up impacting your health, right? Is 
Yeah. You know, we hold um, anger in our liver and we hold, um, one of the said was uh, grief in our lungs. In our lungs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as we internalize these feelings without that expression, we end up giving ourselves illnesses, really. Right, right. And, and some of those emotions that I just talked about, the physiology of that, um, I'm a provider with the Institute of Heart Math work, and mm-hmm. their 20 years of science really shows us how chronic detrimental emotions like uh, grief, uh, sorry, like guilt, mm-hmm. like regret, um, that sort of just become a chronic underlying foundation to, to, it's almost like an emotional soundtrack that we always have going on. And what that's actually doing in the body is shifting the hormonal patterns. So that is how mm. we're setting ourselves up. It may take a while, but um, I'm sure when you see um, individuals with, you know, we look at a variety of patterns, the cortisol um, curve, right. the, yep, the hormonal uh, uh, cortisol to DHEA balance. There's lots of ways that these detrimental emotions begin to affect the physical. And this really leads to, for some people, that emotional eating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we all kind of express it in different ways. So for some people, it's, it's drinking. For some people, it's um, using some other type of self-medication for some people's going to the doctor and getting, um, a medication, right? So there's a lot of different ways that we, we internalize this versus expressing it. And one of those is emotional eating. And I know a lot of times you get stressed and then somehow you're filling that gap with food, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's what we're doing. We're self-medicating with whatever item it might be. Um, instead of giving ourselves this room to, to grieve. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Gilbert, mm-hmm. um, sh- but she had a relationship and that partner died and she really sort of chronicled her grief on Instagram. And it was really, really powerful. And I just, I'm not really sure how I came across it, but um, she really talked some about what you've been talking about and that was how it comes in waves and that she really had to surrender to those waves. And some days it was just hysterical crying and thinking that she was never going to stop crying. And then other days um, it was feeling joy. And so just this roller coaster that we go through. And I think we are as a society a little bit trained to cut off the highs and the lows of those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, I, one of the most interesting comments that I heard from a gentleman um, who had lost his wife, uh, I had interviewed about 25 to 30 people um, mm-hmm. in writing my book, and he had lost his wife, and he said it was so strange to him, but but wonderful in ways the day that he could feel joy and sadness in the same moment. <clears throat> and I think that's a sign that we are, we are progressing. We're moving forward that we really can um, 
experience both those emotions at the same time. Yeah. Another quote that I have from your book that I really liked was um, finding movement forward in life with the loss now a part of your identity. So I think that's an additional aspect where you suffer a loss and the people who you sort of surround yourself with, they don't know what to do. I think that's a, a big thing. They don't know what to do and they have a hard time reconciling the new you mm -hmm. because you are changed. You do have this loss. It is impactful and it isn't something that you have to put on the back burner. Right. It's, but it also, it's just, it's now part of your identity. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd love to talk a little bit about what that's like. Yeah, um, but so you want to hear about the process of re-identification? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yes. And that, I really see that that is the, one of the things that people have a very hard time with when we have um, attachments to a person that we've never been able to see ourselves without that person in our life. And that is exactly how it was for me with my little brother. Mm -hmm. And what I found for myself, the, the many years, the first part of that journey of reconciling that loss was uh, making myself a victim. And I didn't realize how much I was doing that until I started doing some um, more of the spiritual explanation or exploration mm -hmm. and, and um, the emotional mental work too about what my thoughts were and what I was saying to myself. So um, that, so what, what really has to happen first is that we want to be able to express those uncommunicated communications and that, that, is the grief recovery work, is finding a way to communicate what felt um, left undone, um, emotions that are just stuck. And, um, and, and as you mentioned, there are over 40 types of uh, life events that cr can create a loss in our life. It could be around career. It could be around uh, loss of safety. Um, if you, I was just speaking with someone um, who had um, been robbed, um, mm -hmm. and so so we come upon these experiences that we have to reconcile by way of expressing those um, uncommunicated communications, and then it is really like being. And new, I talk about um, again uh, that the word alchemy is mm -hmm. really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about death, birth, and rebirth. <laughs> and yeah. so each time we have a loss, um, that opportunity to uh, recreate from something, uh, and it may be a very raw place, but and that's the opportunity. <laughs> Yeah. When we come back from break, I really want to talk about um, something you mentioned in your book, and that is 
it's not um, so much of a heartbreak as a birth through the heart. So that's really powerful. And I'd love for us to talk about that when we come back. Great. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to The Wellness Connection for the latest and most comprehensive information about health and wellness topics. From natural health and green living to regulation, political views, and legislation. Each week, hosts Peter McCarthy and Radia Gleese interview renowned experts who will answer questions and provide the keys to your better health and better life. Listen for The Wellness Connection live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole. And today we are speaking with Michelle Mariscal. She um, is a health heart math practitioner, Reiki, pranic healer. She's been doing um, shamanic work for the last 10 years. And she's really moved into helping people with grief 
through her own experience of 25 years of processing um, grief and loss from family members and different um, different modalities of loss, right? So um, the ending of a marriage, the inability to exercise in the same way that you did in the past. And we've been talking about how important it is to allow yourself to feel the emotions of grief and to be able to move through them. And so when we left for break, we were beginning to talk about how it's not so much a heartbreak as a birth through the heart. So I'd love to get some more information on that. Sure. Yeah. And there is a, I don't know where this quote comes from, but there, there is a beautiful quote that says your heart does not break it, um, break apart. It breaks open. And I recall seeing that, um, a couple of times over the last 10 years, but I didn't really understand it until I was going through um, this last experience with my big brother who, mm-hmm. um, so my father had just died and my brother had uh, received a terminal cancer diagnosis. So I live out of state and I was flying up every five or six weeks to be with him. And when I was with him, my, my logical um, action oriented self had certain things that I wanted to talk to him about in preparing for what was coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the treatments weren't working. And my brother was never interested in speaking to any of that. And my heart was breaking because I felt like, oh my goodness, part of the dynamic between my big brother and I was that we never did have an open relationship where we Mm -hmm. could talk about anything. Emotions were kind of covered up, definitely love. But what I found was as I continued to just be open and be open and be open to what he actually needed. And I would sit next to him and we would just watch TV together. Mm. I could feel love, just like this expression of love that was happening in a very unconditional way. And had I not let go of my agenda had I not let go of what I needed, what I thought needed to happen, I would not have felt that opening of that kind of love. And there was a point, um, probably two months before he died, not the last trip, but the um, about this time of year, it was around Easter. And as I was uh, leaving the house, he just pulled me aside and he said, I just want you to know, I really appreciate you being here. It makes a difference for me. And that kind of expression is really not something my brother did easily. Mm -hmm. So it felt, it felt just given in that moment because I had opened to what was happening. And I was experiencing all of the heartbreak of what was happening. 
Sure. And yet there was an opening of this kind of love that I had not experienced previously. So that's, yeah, that's one really example. Simple. Yeah. I can see, you know, we do have a, agendas and things that we need, right? And it's really hard not to prioritize what we need and be a safe space for someone else to have what they need. And I, I can just imagine the comfort that that would have given him that you were able to just hold space for him mm-hmm. and not need or want something from him, right? Because as he's approaching his transition from the experience of, of a spiritual being in a human body to being a spiritual being, um, you know, there's a lot of different people that are trying to hold him into that human experience. Mm-hmm. And so having that openness to let him figure out how he's going to transition. Uh, that's really amazing. That's a beautiful story. And, and I, and I do see how that's more of a, a birthing through the heart because it's so hard to let go of our, especially when you're a high achieving logical minded person, it's super hard to let go of our own agendas. Yeah. In those moments. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Yes. And because all of my life around here is, is, you know, in my home area is really centered around hospice and, you know, that's kind of my community circles and he had no interest. Um, he, w- he would not let the doctor set up hospice. It was mm-hmm. so to recognize that this was his way of doing his life. And it's, it would be, it, it, it would be detrimental if I actually overlaid it with something of what I thought it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that gets to that point, especially with the, with the, um, with the critical illness like that, we start like, this is what's best for you. And you're not in a frame of mind to know what's best for you. Right. Like this is, this is what needs to be done. And, um, as the, as the person it's happening to, it's sort of like you've started to lose your, your choice in the matter. And I think that probably happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just, just thinking about that for a moment and how that would, how that would feel. So that's amazing that you were able to gift him that, that space, right? That's a really important, um, one of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that you commented on in the book, and I think this is important because I've talked about this in other ways, is the transition of your tribe. So when we go through grief, um, you mentioned how sometimes this will usher new people into your life, and it will also usher people out of your life because they just can't cope with this transition, right? This change of of who you are. And and I know for me, as I've learned more about health and more about functional medicine, more about um, the spiritual side of things that I have had a transition in my tribe, if you will. And um, it's lonely as you make Mm -hmm. that, as you make that change. Mm 
Yes, and I, I would say that goes back mm -hmm. to that question of when you're re-identifying yourself <clears throat> after losses, and sometimes in the midst of it, uh, just being able to have the courage to recognize that um, these transitions may be bringing more than we could see at the beginning. And it was, it, I found it difficult in the midst of it to deal with, um, for instance, a person who I thought would so be there for me, who mm -hmm. had no ability to be there. And just um, having to, again, recognize endings, beginnings, <laughs> and yeah. trust. There's a lot of trust that that word trust I actually had written with a Sharpie pen. I had this little heart pillow and I wrote that word nice <laughs> with a Sharpie. And that was That's one funny. of my little anchors is that I can't see everything that is happening. And I know beyond the scope of what I'm experiencing that there is, um, there is a, I think I use the word, a tapestry being woven in mm -hmm. our life. Um, that's how I describe it. And so what that allowed me to do was just be able to be in my feelings, express them, because that was pretty upsetting um, that, you know, not having the support from this, um, there were actually two people and, and then expressing that just, oh, <laughs> just <laughs> sucks. Like, how do I deal with that? Yeah. And, and then just letting it go, just yes. letting it go and recognizing, oh, there are people here who are asking, let me know, let me know what you need. Let me know if you just want to call and cry on the phone. And that really is what um, people experiencing loss need most is we don't ever have to know the what of what to give to them other than to tell them, uh, as we say in the grief recovery work, um, I'm a heart with ears and I'm here to listen. Whatever you need to express, I'm here. Whatever you don't want to express know that I'm still here. Um, that's the greatest kind of support. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have been there, you know, not in the same context, but I have had um, people that I really thought were going to be in it for the long haul, that my life changes just came off the path of their life path so much that that connection just wasn't, it's not viable anymore. It's not feasible. And I had a period of grief and, um, and being upset that that, that, that was over. <laughs> right. So, um, so I can relate to that uh, when you, when you, and I think a lot of people can, when you think that you're going to have someone sort of in your corner and then you have to kind of stop yourself and stop worrying about the ending of that so much as mm -hmm. looking at your new picture and who who is there, right? Who has shown up and is willing to 
to who who wants to participate, who wants to be in your life. And um, I think sometimes we hang on to what was instead of moving through to what is or what's what's happening. I think another thing that happens is we try to be super busy and pack our calendar to avoid the feelings. Right. That is one of the biggest ways that I did it for sure. And uh, we talk about, uh, we've talked about a couple of different ways that uh, we handle or mishandle, (laughs) mismanage. Um, And we talk about those as as STURBs, short-term energy relieving behaviors. It may be alcohol, it may be eating, it may be pornography, it may be uh, shopping, maybe gambling, it may um, just be head down, nose Mm -hmm. to the grindstone and just work, work, work and we'll just cover it up. Those are all kind of covering up behaviors. Yeah, yeah, rather than uh, and one thing I did want to mention too, one of the benefits of being very clean and clear about um, letting go, being in the upset of people who you thought were going to be there and then weren't, letting that go in a very clean and clear way, meaning you express it for yourself and you truly understand there are others who will show up for me in this what I've had happen in my life is those people show back up in different ways later. Um, And so that's a part of the being open to recognize um, people are there in certain ways in our life. And then maybe they're not because we have an attachment to it. But, but if we stayed attached to that, we wouldn't have, this is where the heart opening happens. Mm-hmm. If we stay in an open heart, those people that needed to find us, if we're open to looking outward, will find us as we're opening in that, out of that pain and out of that. Um, that that's been an interesting thing for me, having people come back into my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can imagine. Um, and having a different role than they had before. A different role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. One of one of the interviews I had with an FDN, she was talking about, you know, seasons. Exactly. Yeah. And how we have different seasons for people, um, including who we yeah. are for them, right? Because you're also changing. Yep. So you're not that person that they were relying on anymore either. And so mm-hmm. taking that in. Uh, We're about to go to break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the different methods that you talk about in um, handling grief and also some of the different um, programs that are out there that kind of help assist with this movement. So we'll be right back. Okay. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to one 866 472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole. And today we are speaking with Michelle Mariscal about the importance of moving through grief in a healthy way, which comprises um, a lot of individuality in how you handle your grief, but also the importance of actually feeling it and going through the emotions. And there was a part of your book where you talked about the dark something. (laughs) What did you, you called it the dark. um, Dark night of the soul. There. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So that that is a an understanding from many spiritual um, teachings that when we come to sometimes we come to this place of just complete devastation and feel as though we have no ability to. Um, handle emotionally, mentally, um, and even spiritually, sometimes what is happening. And um, when that happens, it's really sort of the entryway into this possibility of uh, uh, a lot of the terminology around that is it's a very purifying time. It can be a very deep, very isolating 
time because when we do get into those uh, periods, it is the work itself is very much done in isolation. And again, you mentioned earlier that uh, grief and loss work can feel um, very lonely. You mm -hmm. can feel very alone. And there is when we consider our um, from a spiritual perspective that each one of us is purifying and learning and creating uh, on these spiritual levels, um, the way that we're learning, the way that we're expanding ourselves, uh, oftentimes are through these struggles. The struggles are the opportunity to purify and to expand. That's so true. Um, I was just thinking how all the time we sort of look for the easy out, right? The, mm -hmm. the, easy, the easy pill, whatever it is. And um, like our bodies need to struggle to have optimal health. And so emotionally and mentally, we often need to struggle because that's where we have the biggest or the greatest impact of growth. And so I know that you help people move through these and have that growth. So what are some of the steps that people can and should be taking? Well, they're um, in the book, um, in my book, Growing Through Grief, mm -hmm. I do outline many of the things that um, can be helpful um, in just in terms of orienting yourself to um, expressing, expressing feelings in a certain um, way. And so one of the things I talked about, I think from the very beginning of this conversation, we do want to talk about just simply taking a breath and getting into your heart. That is one of the most fundamental things that we can do for ourselves. And <clears throat> the way I teach that is just simply imagine, um, just focus your attention on the center of your chest, your heart, and imagine that the air is flowing in and out through your heart or chest area. And just taking a couple of breaths from there. And what that does to start with is it takes us out of our head and mm -hmm. into our heart, which is a much more expansive place. So um, the other things in the book that I talk about just as simple exercises um, and um, recognizing that we're part of a greater whole of death, birth, and rebirth is to connect in some way in nature. <clears throat> and even if you're in an office building and you're working um, all day, just take a moment as you're looking out a window or walking to your car to recognize the tree. Like where is the tree in its growth process? Recognizing that all of nature around us has cycles of death, mm -hmm. birth, and rebirth. Again, that can be a very expansive piece. The work I do deeper into helping people with uh, communicating those uncommunicated feelings is out of the work I do with the grief recovery method mm -hmm. and 
the Grief Recovery Institute has been around for over 35 years now. They have just become uh, the first evidence-based program to help grievers move through and complete complete the pain that they may be holding on to from um, an incomplete relationship. And that word incomplete, what we're talking about there is if you continually um, ruminate and draw up and live in this sadness without the ability to access some of those um, points of joy that Mm -hmm. were also part of the relationship. So the grief recovery method is a very structured um, body of work that I also do with people in group um, and and one-to-one. And they have these... um sort of group meetings throughout the United States. Is that correct? Right. So, so um, to do this in group format, um, each there's trainers all over the world now, and we are committed to being able to be with people in a group setting um, in person. So I host and, and run them in Sacramento. You, you can look on uh, the Grief Recovery Institute uh, website to find groups in your area. Um, But then the one-on-one is available for um, coaching and and online work. Yeah, and it's an eight-week. It's an eight-week and not a drop-in. It is not a grief support group in the way that many have. uh, I have to say this comes out of my own um, experience. I attended a grief group after one of the the deaths. And while I found it helpful to be with people who had experienced the same thing, at about the third meeting, I found it unhelpful to just keep talking about what was Yeah, you're ruminating over it instead of sort of helping you move forward. So when I found the grief recovery method, I, I saw that that was really what was needed to come to some completion. Not that we ever complete relationships. Those relationships um, to whatever, um, if it's a death or a divorce, those relationships, the emotional, spiritual parts are always there. There may be a physical ending, but what we want to be able to do is complete whatever pain we're holding on to. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that there's a lot of different um, activities and um, trying to bring people together because having that community is an important part of it. Um, And so April 27th, there's one in Sacramento called the Compassionate Living and Dying, and you'll be presenting there. Yeah, I, I will be a steward. So we have four different presenters and what's going to happen after the presentations are compassionate circles and in compassionate circles we're going to be doing what are doing what are called compassionate conversations and it's an opportunity for each person to express what they took from the speaker how it applies to them how they might bring it into their own life 
So, right. So it's called the symposium, <clears throat> excuse me, symposium for compassionate living and dying. So it's the first annual. Um, that's April great. April 27th. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. And what are other ways that people can um, get in touch with you? Well, I have, uh, if you'd like to get a free guide, I have a guide on my website. It's www.energym.org, energym.org. And you can see the, the books. I've written a couple other books. There's also uh, a guide to grow through grief, a little ebook um, free for you that gives you some ideas, some that are written on in the book, but some other perspectives as well from a body, soul, spirit perspective. And then people can get your book on Amazon, correct? Yes, it's also on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that that really bringing grief to the surface and having conversations like we're having today are really important. Um, I feel like when we open the door to having those conversations, um, there's a lot of healing that's done. Um, there's a lot of openness that comes from bringing this to light because I do feel like as a society to a certain degree, we feel for someone when they've had a loss and then we want to move on and not um, revisit that loss, whereas that's really unhealthy for the person who experienced the loss, right? Because this is part of your new identity. And so just holding that space open, I think is one of the most important things that we can take away from our conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and Agreed. I know for you, it's been a 25 year journey to figure, to figure this out. And so um, for those of you listening, uh, Michelle's put together so much great information so that you don't have to spend 25 years <laughs> right. learning, learning the same lessons. Um, I think that's an important aspect that we have in, in, the, in the world of um, so much connectivity. This is a great way to take advantage. So thanks for being on the show today, Michelle. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Yeah. All right. So this has been the Hidden Secrets to Health. Until next week. Thank you for tuning in to Hidden Secrets to Health. Please join host Christina Cole for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until next week, keep an eye on your good health.